Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Come on, why don't you just worship him if you believe that he changes everything? Come on, why don't you just give him praise if you believe one moment in the presence of the Lord is able to change any situation? Come on, if one presence, one moment in the presence of the Lord is able to change any situation around, somebody just worship him in this room right now. Come on, somebody just give him praise in this place right now. Jesus, we worship you. Come on, all across this room. Come on, lift up your voice and praise right now. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. You change everything. You change everything. Come on, sing that again. Sing the room right now I just want you to begin to pray whatever your need is I want you to just begin to pray right now I believe that God is changing that situation there's no need too big there's no need too small come on God cares God understands God sees and I want you just right now to begin to pray God we call upon your name because we need you Jesus we cannot live, we cannot move, we cannot breathe without you. We need the power of your spirit, Lord. We need the anointing of your presence, oh God. Come on, I believe that God is moving even now. 
Come on, I believe that God is even moving now. Oh, Jesus, you change everything. You change everything. You change everything, oh God. That's why we rely on you. That's why we run to you, God. That's why we depend on you. That's why we trust in you. That's why our confidence is in you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. One more time, why don't you put your hands together for the Lord in this room. Amen. May return to your seat and as you're returning there I want you turning your Bibles and I apologize to Sister Simone for not giving her what we're reading today in advance why don't you turn to 1st John chapter 2 and we'll start reading at verse number 18 1st John 2 and we will begin our reading verse number 18 Brother Herbie was kind of preaching my message a little bit. Amen. Amen. He preached it better probably than I than I did. I should have just, Brother Herbie, we should have just gave you the mic, bro. You had the word for tonight. So, amen. Can we give Brother Herbie a hand clap? What a great job. Great, great job delivering the word of the Lord. Man, I am so proud of him. It's just so cool to see God using, amen, our young adults. So crazy. Uh, I came here for the first time a little over eight years ago, and I just look around and I see everybody that was just little kids. And of course, Maddie's up here. She's a music director. She's leading things, and Eric's playing drums like nobody. I've said this. Y'all know Eric could not play drums. You do realize that. You do realize how terrible of I can say that now because he's awesome. Uh, but. My guy was not a good drummer at all. I remember thinking, there's no hope for this boy. He's just like, just, just never going to get it. But something clicked, and man, it's just so cool to see all of them. Hey, man, they're like my, my little brothers and sisters, and I'm so proud of all of them for how God is using them. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if you guys, but I believe the best days are yet to come. God has raised up a mighty army, and we're getting ready to see revival like we've never seen before. We're getting ready to see God pour out his spirit like he's never poured it out in this community before. Amen. So you better hold, you better put your seatbelt on, you better hold on to your seats. It's getting ready to get crazy. I believe that with all of my heart. I'm not just saying it. I believe that. Amen. I believe God is doing something, and uh I honor today Pastor and Sister Valerie, amen, hate that they could not be here, but I know they are being a tremendous blessing in Indianapolis today, and it's just not the same when they're not here, but uh, we honor them and uh, just honor him for giving me and my wife the opportunity to be here and be back home and minister, amen, we're just so honored and uh, just thankful for what God is uh, is doing, amen, First John 2. Starting at verse number 18. Amen. Actually, let me turn. I have it here in a different translation. I'll just read it. Is this KJV? Okay, I'll read it here. Bible says, little children, it is the last time. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's the last time. And as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. 
Even now are there many antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Verse 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Verse 20, but ye, ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I love the way the ESV says it. It says, but you have been anointed. Turn to your neighbor and said, you've been anointed. Man, y'all didn't say that like you really believed it. Come on, I want you to say it to him again. Say, you've been anointed. You just, you're not average. You're not like everybody else. You're not just some run-of-the-mill person. But there, there is an anointing on your life. Amen. You've been anointed by the Holy One. And you all have knowledge. With the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach on this title today, The Wisdom of the Anointed. The Wisdom of the Anointed. Why don't you put your Bibles down one more time and let's pray for God's anointing to rest on this service. He's already here, but let's just pray that he would continue to speak and move. God, we thank you today for your presence that was here, Lord, your presence that's here even now. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to manifest your power. I pray that you would continue to manifest your glory. Speak in this place today, God. Let this word find a lodging place in the inner confines of every heart, God. Let that seed of the word be planted on good ground. And God, we pray, let it bring forth fruit, oh God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe, God, you're getting ready and already are, are pouring out the greatest revival the church has ever seen. And God, we've been anointed for this hour. God, I pray today, let us walk in that anointing tonight. In Jesus' name. One more time, clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It was noon, and the sun beamed its hot rays down upon earth's surface, making these travelers already long journey all the longer. It was the second our third day, these men had been traveling, and as the sun reached its midway point in the sky, they too now reached their midway point on their journey to Galilee and Sychar of Samaria. No doubt famished and parched from their journey, Jesus and his disciples stopped at a well seemingly to get something to drink. But as they arrive at this well, a collective groan of disappointment begins to rumble throughout the twelve because as it turns out, there was no one at the well to draw water for them to drink. Would have been nothing, or rather it would have been extremely bothersome for them to carry such a thing as a clay pot for drawing water on a journey 
like this, not to mention socially unacceptable during these days for a man to draw water out of a well. That was something that a woman did. And at this point in the narrative, perhaps one optimistic disciple says, Jesus, maybe, just maybe a woman will come by and the next little bit and she'll be able to get us some water to drink and we'll just, we're just going to hang out here until she comes. And Jesus replies, well, I have good news for you and I, I got some bad news. The good news is there is a woman on her way. The bad news is, homeboy, you ain't getting nothing to drink right now. Jesus. Why in the world are we not going to get anything to drink? Jesus says, because there is a woman coming, and, and, and I have a special appointment with her, and I don't need anybody else around. I don't need any of y'all trying to poke your nose in her business. I don't need any of y'all spreading rumors about what's going on in her world. There's some personal things her and I got to discuss, and I don't need y'all around. So get, go into the town and get us something to eat. So I can imagine the disciples, man, we we wanted just some Gatorade, bro. All we wanted just a little something to drink. Jesus says, I need you to go. Go now. And so they go. And just as they fade into the distance, this woman begins to appear on the scene. Most of us know what happens next. Jesus begins to tell this woman things that no one should know about her private matters, personal matters, things that only God would know. And as she's intently listening to all that this man begins to tell her about herself, the craziest thought occurs to her. Could it be that this man is God? Could it be that this strange man, that this random man that I've met at a well, could it be that he is the Messiah, surely not, she thinks to herself, there ain't no way in the world that this man could be the Messiah. I've heard all the rumblings, I've heard the talks, but what would the chances be that the Messiah will actually be here? He's got to be a prophet, yes, that, that's it. And she says, I perceive you to be a prophet, and, and if you're a prophet, you must have some strong opinion about where we should worship the Bible, or rather, our fathers worship here in these mountains, but you Jews say that we must worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus says, actually, there is a day coming when you won't worship here in the mountain or in Jerusalem, but there is a day coming, and it already is here. We're the true worshipers. We're going to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And then in the next verse, it's as if you can hear the skepticism in her voice. But not the kind when you don't believe something is true. But the kind when you know something is so blissfully true that it's both terrifying and wonderful all at the same time. She says, I don't know about that, but the Messiah which literally translates the anointed one in the Greek. She says, when the anointed one comes, he will tell us all things. And I'll know whether or not to believe what's coming out of your mouth. And then Jesus utters the statement that she's so terrified yet excited to hear. When he responds by saying that I that speak to you, I am he. I am the anointed one. 
Can I preach and remind someone tonight at the very onset of this message that Jesus was not just a man. He was not just a prophet like Elijah, as some in that time claimed him to be. He was not just a teacher or a preacher, the likes of John the Baptist. But as John himself said, he it is who's coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latched. I am not worthy to unloose. Behold. Behold. The Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. Jesus was not a man, not just a prophet, not just a preacher, but he was the Christ. He was the Messiah. He was the anointed one of God. Oh, do I have anybody that believes that? My Jesus is not just some man. My Jesus is not just like every man that's walked the face of this earth, but Jesus, he's the Messiah. He's the everlasting Father. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He is the anointed one of God. Can I preach to someone if Jesus, all he was was some lesser form of God, we'd all be hopeless in this place. If all Jesus was was some demigod, his blood would not have had any power. But as he hung there on that cross, it became glaringly obvious to that centurion and to all that stall that day that this was not just a man. And they said, surely. Surely this man was the son of God. And because he was the son of God, on that third day, he got up out of that grave. You see, a man can get up when he's just been dead. Just a man can get up whenever you put nails in his hand and shove horns in his head. A man just not can't get up. But can I tell you, Jesus was not just a man. He was God manifested in the flesh. He's my Savior. He's my King. He's my God. He's my ruler. He is the anointed one of God. He's not a cold, dead idol in a temple somewhere crafted by the hands of men. But he's the one who was before every idol. The one who is for the lifetime of every idol. And the one who will be with every idol. As he rode it into fine dust particles, he's still going to be the anointed one. As a matter of fact, can I tell you, he's the one who spoke those little dust particles into existence because he's not just a man. Jesus was Lord and is Lord. Jesus was king and is king. Jesus was and is the anointed one of God. That ought to be enough to give somebody a little something to shout about tonight. He's not like Buddha. He's not like anybody else. But he got up on the third day. He rose again. He didn't stay in that grave. He didn't leave me where I was. But he got up with power, the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Because he's not just a man. He's the anointed one. I love the way Isaiah said it. He said, his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God. 
the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace. There shall be no end. And because Jesus, let me, let me tell you this, because Jesus was the anointed one of God, he had authority. Wherever Jesus walked, devils begin to flee. Wherever Jesus walked, the lame leaped. Wherever Jesus walked, the dumb began to speak because he was not just a man. He was the Messiah. He was the anointed one of God. But here's the cool part. Jesus didn't merely come to earth, heal the sick, raise the dead, Die on a cross, resurrect on the third day, and bounce. That would have been really cool, but guess what? That would be the equivalent to us dying as Jesus died on the cross, repentance, being buried in a tomb, baptism, but stopping there. We'd be alive in the flesh, but in our spirits, we'd be dead and buried in a spiritual tomb and therefore powerless. But let me tell you this, Jesus came and died for us on cross, uh, on that cross at Calvary so that not only could our sins be forgiven and buried with him in baptism, but that that same uh, anointing and power of God uh, that he exercised uh, could be poured out on us. You know the scripture, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Can I tell you, uh, can I remind you, uh, the same power that Jesus had, uh, you now have. Uh, if you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, uh, you're not just like everybody else, uh, but you have been anointed. Uh, on the day of Pentecost, uh, the anointing fell uh, for the first time. Uh, and so if Jesus could lay hands on the sick uh, and see them recover, now we can lay hands on the sick uh, and see them recover. If Jesus had authority over devils, uh, can I tell you? you there is no devil in hell that can stand up to an anointed blood-bought child of God oh I've come to remind somebody you're not just like everybody else but the anointing of God the power of the Holy Ghost the power of the anointed one it rests on us, and that's enough for me to worship. That's enough for me to have victory. That's enough for me to dance in this place. Oh, is there anybody that's thankful? I'm not just like everybody else, but I've been anointed. I wonder if you would just poke your neighbor and tell him I've been anointed by God. Come on, tell them somebody needs to hear that because the devil's been sitting on somebody's shoulder this week telling them you're just like everybody else. I've got the victory. I've already won. But devil, I've come to remind you I'm not just like everybody else. I'm not. But I got the anointing. I got the Holy Ghost down in my soul, just like the Bible says. And because I do, I've been anointed. Because I do, I can lay hands on the sick. Huh. 
I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. I feel he Oh, you've come too late to tell me that God can't heal. You've come too late to tell me that God can't deliver. You've come too late to tell me that God can't set free. Yes, he can. 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 Devil, you better hear me right now. Yes, he can. Yes, I can. Yes, if he can, I can. Because he's living on the inside. He's living on the inside. He's working on the inside. I've been anointed. And I won't be moved. I won't back up. I won't take a back seat for anybody. My God has anointed me. With that anointing. Oh, some of you need to begin to declare some things in the spirit right now. Some of you need to stake your claim and say, devil, not another day, not another moment, not another second. I've been anointed. Huh. I'm going to start exercising the power. It's already inside of you. You just got to walk in it. It's already been poured out on you. You just got to. You got to walk in your anointing. How are you going to have revival in the 21st century? Because I've been anointed. How are you going to be set free? Because I've been anointed. How are you going to lay hands and see the sick recover? Because I've, I've been anointed. That's not arrogant. That's not cocky. It's just a simple fact of the matter. I've been anointed. I've been anointed. I've been anointed by God. Come on, I feel fresh oil. Come on, I feel that cup running over. I feel that fresh oil flowing. I feel that fresh oil. That's it. That's it. You can look at me crazy if you want to. You can look at me funny if you want to. But I've decided I'm going to operate in my authority. I've decided I'm going to operate in my power. Before we move on, I got some more to say, but I feel a break right here. I want you to lift up your hands if you need something from God. There's faith in the room right now. Sister Lawrence, how can you dance when, when there's infirmities in your body because she's been anointed? Sister Lawrence, how can you pray when everything is because she's been anointed? Sister the Temple, how can you shout with all you've been through because you've been anointed? And there's no devil in hell that could stand up to an anointed, blood-bought child of God. I haven't come to have a pity party. I haven't come to suck my thumb. But I've come to declare I've been anointed and I'm getting ready to have a breakthrough. 
Come on, lift up your voice right now. I take dominion over every crippling spirit that would try to cripple the mind of the people of God and tell them what they can and can't do. I bind it by... I bind it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I release fresh anointing. We find David, we find David and Samuel. David's been anointed by God. And listen to what happens. The enemy comes and says of David, is not this David the king of the land? And you know what the Bible says David does? The Bible says that David, when he hears the declaration of what they've spoken over him, David allows for the adversary's pronouncement of destiny and favor to be perverted in his mind to the place that he begins to fear what God has already pronounced over his life. He literally begins to be afraid because he's anointed. But I've come to tell you if David at any point had made up his mind, he was not going to be afraid and marched into the camp of the Philistines and acted like who he was. Can I tell you the Philistines, just as David, or rather just as Goliath, could not stand, can I tell you they would not have been able to stand then. But he wasn't operating in his anointing. Let me tell somebody something right now. The devil's scared of you. The devil knows the power that's on your life. And what he's trying to do is convince you that you're not who God has already told you. You are. But just as the anointing had already been poured out on David, can I tell somebody, can I tell hell, it's too late. I'm already anointed. It's too late. I've already received the Holy Ghost. And now I'm getting ready to activate who I am. I'm getting ready to activate what I've got. I've been anointed by God. I don't feel the move right now. God's trying to wake a sleeping giant. You've been asleep for so long. And you can be hell's worst nightmare. But right now you're so scared you're having nightmares. But can I tell you, you need to begin to operate in your authority. You need to begin to operate in the power that God has placed on your life. I'm not preaching prosperity gospel. I'm preaching a reality gospel. I'm not preaching some fake hocus pocus. I'm preaching to you the word of God. I'm telling you, you're not like everybody else. But you got to begin to operate. You got to begin to flow.
Come on, would you pray in the spirit right now? We're going to move in a moment, but I don't feel the move just yet. I want you to pray in the spirit. I want you to pray right now. I feel somebody's cup running over. That one anoints my head with oil. And now, because you've been anointed, your cup is running over. And it's going to run over and flow into this community. It's going to run over and flow into your neighbor. It's going to run over and flow into your family. Ha, ah, fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh anointing. Sakala la bahata yolo lo boho shandaya. Ayala lo lo bo sondorete andai. That's it. That's it. There's something being released in this room right now in the Holy Ghost. Hmm. Come on, tap in. Come on, somebody tap in. Come on, this is just us home folks tonight. Come on, I want you to tap in. Ha <laughs> Let me tell you what's happening. You're breaking the back of every spirit that's tried to tie you up. Let me tell you what's happening. You're walking in the authority that you've already been given. Let me tell you what's happening. The anointing of God is moving and flowing. Our scripture text. Hear me. Our scripture text, John, is reminding us that the spirit of the Antichrist has gone out into the world. This sinister spirit of the Antichrist, its chief aim is to convince any who will listen that the, of the lie, 
that Jesus is not the Messiah. Can I tell you, church, this is the world in which we live. The spirit of the Antichrist has thrust us into a postmodern society wherein skeptics perched on their high horse of academia hurl lie after lie about Christ, about the Bible, about Christianity at large. And that's what you're facing today. That's why it's hard to come in and lift up your hands. That's why it's hard to pray. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There is a spirit that we are wrestling against. And if we were just like everyone else, let me tell you something. We would slip into that gnarly grasp of skepticism. The spirits of this age would, would deceive us. Listen to what John says. John says, but you needn't worry. You're not like everybody else. You are anointed by God. Listen to what he says. He says, you are anointed by God and you know. John said, one of the distinguishing characteristics of an anointed person is not just their ability to do. And I'm thankful that every single one of us have the ability to do. I'm thankful that every single one of us have the ability to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I'm thankful that every single one of us have the ability to go into any place wherein there is a spiritual stronghold. Take dominion over those spiritual strongholds and they have to be broken. I'm thankful for the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. But in an ever increasingly complex and confusing world, I'm also thankful for an anointing that helps me to know. I know that doesn't preach as good as what I just preached. But let me tell you something right now. In my flesh, I am not smart enough to navigate this postmodern society. I'm not intelligent enough to win my atheist friends. But I am not alone. I am not average. I am anointed by the Spirit of God. And accompanied with that anointing, is access to wisdom that is higher than mine. Access to thoughts that are higher than mine. Access to ways that are higher than mine. Can I tell you exactly how we're going to have revival in the world that we're living in right now? We're going to have it because God is not only going to give us the power to do it, but he also is going to give us the wisdom to do it. Some of you have been praying, God, I don't know how. I don't know how. I feel lost. I feel confused. God, I need a miracle, but not just a tangible miracle that I can see, but I need a miracle in my mind. I need you, God, to take the veil off of my mind so that I might be able to think and operate and move and act like you do. Huh. 
Can I tell somebody right now, God is not only uh, pouring out uh, power. God is not only pouring out uh, uh, things that we can see, but God is giving supernatural wisdom. God is pouring out a know-how. God is pouring out knowledge and understanding that is beyond anything. You can think of on your own. Can I tell somebody in your flesh you don't have the right words to say to somebody to keep them from doing something stupid, to keep them from joining some anti-God radical movement, to keep them from, from, from doing things that are clearly against the word of God but can I tell you just as God filled the mouth of Moses and the Bible says he knew just what to speak to deal with that anti-God leader Pharaoh y'all remember that Moses said God I can't speak I'm not eloquent I don't know what to say I'm not smart enough I'm not intelligent enough to stand God said Moses did I not form your mouth did I not make your mouth Moses when you stand before Pharaoh I'm going to give you knowledge that is higher than yours I'm going to give you wisdom that is higher than yours and when you stand before Pharaoh I'm going to put the words in your mouth and you will speak with Thus says the word of the Lord. Can I tell somebody wisdom and understanding and revelation is being released in this moment. You just got to operate in your anointing. You just got to operate. How are we going to have revival in the Spanish community? I'll tell you how, Brother Sanchez, because you're anointed. And God's going to give you God ideas. God's going to give you God vision. It's not something that a man can think of. It's not something that a man can do. But thus saith the Lord, this day I have anointed you with a fresh anointing. And you will see revival. You will see an infilling of souls because I have chosen you. I have called you for such a time as this, and I will fill your mouth, and I will give you the words to speak, saith the Lord. I want you to lift up your voice right now. I want you to lift up your voice right now. God, I'm thankful for power. I'm thankful for the tangible things that I can see and touch and experience. But God, more than anything, I feel a battle in my mind. I feel confusion and anxiety in my mind. But God says when you're anointed, you're not only powerful, but you are wise. This is what happened in Matthew 10. The Bible says, Matthew 10, Jesus calls the 12 disciples unto him. And the Bible says he gives them power. The Bible says they get power against unclean spirits to cast them out. Power to heal all manner of diseases and sicknesses. But he doesn't just stop with telling them to operate in the power of the anointing. He further instructs them that they should also operate in the wisdom of the anointing. 
If you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to be seated, you can be seated. I got a little bit left to go. It's up to you. He says, I want you to heal the sick. I want you to cast out devils. I want you to do all those things. I want you to operate under the power of the anointing. But while you're operating in the power, listen to what Jesus says. And we know this verse. We've heard it. He says, be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Because here's the thing. The purpose of power is for revelation and for edification. But power without wisdom is the breeding ground for complication and irritation. Power without wisdom causes harm. And the goal is not for everybody to come and look and say how awesome we are. The goal is for the body of Christ to be edified and for the minds of people that don't believe to be open and revelation can come. You can't just operate in power all the time if there's not any wisdom. Jesus said, listen, I need you to do all these things, but also while you're at it, be wise and I, because I don't want you to do any harm. You can do, can I tell you, you can do harm with the power that's been given you. The same power that would provide revelation and edification is also the same power without wisdom that will cause harm. That is why we must have the wisdom of God. Can I tell you, we need the wisdom of God as much as we need uh, the, the ability to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. And we do need that. But can I tell you, you can have power without wisdom. And it can be counterproductive, if not destructive, to the mission of the church. But anytime you have wisdom, it's always accompanied with power. Solomon, God speaks to Solomon and says, Solomon, what do you want? You know the story. Solomon doesn't say, God, I want power. Doesn't say, God, I want money. He said, God, I want wisdom. Because Solomon understood when I get wisdom, I get power. But you're not guaranteed. You're not guaranteed to always have that power without wisdom. It can be counterproductive. Jesus said, behold. He continues on. He says, behold, I send you forth as sheep midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpent, harmless as doves. Be wise so that you don't cause harm. Be wise so that you don't hurt anybody. The purpose of me giving you the power is for revelation and edification. But when you operate outside of wisdom, when you operate outside of authority, that's why Paul is talking to the Corinthian church. They're very powerful. They are very gifted. But Paul said, y'all lack wisdom. And y'all are literally destroying people because you don't have wisdom. So Paul begins to give them instructions. There's tongues and interpretation no more than three. Y'all need wisdom. This is great. This is awesome. The power of God is moving among you, but you lack wisdom. It says, behold, I send you forth. Be wise so that you don't cause harm. But then he goes on to say, but beware of men. For they will deliver you up to the councils. They will scourge you in the synagogues. And this is the part I want us to just hone in. He says, but 
You shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. Listen to what Jesus says next. But when they deliver you up, when they deliver you up, I'm going to assure you that you're going to have wisdom. Take no thought how or what ye shall speak. For it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. Can I tell somebody right now, God is getting ready to align this church for influence in this community and already has. And some of you, you're going to stand before very important people in this community. And it's not always going to be a good thing. Sometimes it's going to be a bad thing. Sometimes you're going to be ridiculed for what you've stood for. If you think that that day is not coming, can I tell you, you're sadly mistaken. But the day is coming. We're going to stand before powerful people. We're going to have to declare things that we stand for. Can I tell you, in the flesh, we don't have the wisdom. We don't have the understanding to be able to speak things, to delicately lead people to God because it's a delicate thing if you lean one too far one way then 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 you'll destroy people but if you lean too far this way then 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 no one will ever receive anything from God and no one will ever receive revelation and understanding so you must have wisdom can I tell you but just as Jesus spoke to the disciples uh, he is speaking in this room when you stand in those places uh, and it's a delicate balance God what do I do where do I go in your flesh you can't figure it out but don't you worry. In those moments, uh, the wisdom of the anointed uh, is going to begin to operate in uh, and through you. Uh, and God will begin to fill your mouth. Uh, God will begin to fill your mind. Yeah. I'm not just talking about. This is what I felt when God spoke this message to me. I don't believe that we're just talking about Spiritual things. Now, let me be very clear. This is what I believe. I believe that there are businessmen. That God is getting ready to give wisdom and understanding about things, ideas, vision. He's going to bless it. You're going to be fruitful. It's going to be blessed beyond your wildest imaginations. But let me tell you, don't forget. Who gave you the, if you think that you were smart enough to come up with that entrepreneurial idea, you got another thing coming. You are, let me tell you something. You're not just operating in the flesh, but God is going to begin to inspire God ideas. God is going to begin to inspire God things, not things that you can think of, not things that you can do. And when it's blessed, let me tell you the reason it's blessed. It's blessed so that you can be a blessing to the kingdom of God. It's it's blessed so that you can fund missionaries to go back and preach the gospel. You're going to be blessed so that you can fund phase two of what God is trying to do in this church. Can I tell you, that's the type of wisdom of the anointed. I'm coming to a close. I want you to stand. You say, 
Well, signs and wonders and miracles. I understand that wisdom thing, but that wisdom thing isn't as flashy as signs and wonders and miracles. You're right. It's not quite as flashy. It's not quite as cool. You see, when we talk about miracles and signs and wonders and all that stuff, guess what? Everybody starts shouting and worshiping and jumping. Then when you drop it on them, God's getting ready to give you wisdom. It's kind of like, eh. I'll take the miracles. Wisdom, miracles. Miracles. Wisdom is valuable. Don't, don't underestimate the ability of miracles in revealing who and what we are to the world. I want you to look at what happens to Jesus in Luke 4. The Bible says, Luke 4, 31 Bible says, and Jesus came down to Capernaum, city in Galilee. And listen, listen to what Jesus was doing. Bible says, and he taught them. Jesus wasn't doing miracles. Jesus wasn't doing anything flashy or fancy. He was just simply displaying wisdom. And the Bible says, when they see the wisdom of Jesus, listen to what they said. The Bible says, and they were astonished. Not at his miracles. Jesus has not done one miracle. Has not done one sign. Not one. We think, man, what's really going to astonish people is when they like see an arm grow back. I would love to see that. I've never seen anything like that. I know God's done it. Some of y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy. I want to see the blinded eyes open. That's really what's going to get people's attention. If we had a lame person that came into living hope and, and they've been lame since birth, kind of kind of like our, 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 our blind since birth, uh, and, and they came in and God, God healed them and they went back out into the community, man, people would be so astonished. They would be. But let me tell you what also will astonish people. Wisdom. How can they, how can they talk like that? They hear you speak and they think, man, that guy is so smart, you know? And you know you ain't that smart. You ever, you ever been talking to somebody about God before and then all of a sudden God begins to drop things in your mouth and in your head and then all of you're like, God, I didn't even know I knew that verse. That was pretty cool. That's the wisdom of the anointed. And Jesus, that's all he's doing. The Bible says they were astonished at his doctrine. For his word was with power. But listen, you begin to exercise the wisdom of the anointed. The only person that's watching is not just the world. But listen to what happens. It's so awesome. The Bible says in 33... Jesus, he's not doing miracles. He's not doing signs. There's nothing cool or hype or fancy or anything going on. He's just simply opening the word and teaching and displaying wisdom. And the Bible says in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil. And cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art. 
the Holy One of God. Jesus hasn't done one miracle, hasn't done one sign, hasn't done one wonder. All Jesus has done is operate in wisdom. And the devil says, there's something right there about that. That must be an anointed one. That must be the anointed one of God. Jesus doesn't do one miracle. Jesus doesn't do one sign, one wonder. Yet the devil looks and says, because he displays wisdom, he must be anointed. Go to that next verse. Do you have the next verse? Jesus rebuked him, saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. When the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and heard him not. In one of the other gospels, it's not in this one, one of the other gospels, it literally says, that the, the, the clean spirit says, Jesus, have you come to destroy us? Have you come to destroy us? You're like, well, he, Jesus must have done some great miracle, you know, some great display of power so that the devil can know, oh, we better not mess with that guy. No, all he did was teach. All he did was display wisdom. All he did was operate in the wisdom of the anointed. And the devil says, this guy, because he knows how to operate in wisdom, is getting ready to tear our kingdom down. Can I tell you right now? We're getting ready to tear the kingdom of the adversary down in this community. Not only through miracles, and we shall see miracles. Not only through signs and wonders, and if I've ever believed it before, I believe it in this day and hour. We're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. But what we will also see is divine wisdom and understanding and anointing we're going to begin to we're going to know how to navigate we're going to know how to do things that otherwise we would not have known to do because the wisdom some of you have just prayed God I just need wisdom I've been trying to talk to my unsaved family member for years and I just don't know what to say let me tell you what you need to do. You need to pray and ask for God to give you wisdom. Do not discredit wisdom. God, do some great miracle so that they can have faith. Try praying for wisdom. God, I don't know how to lead my family in this world. I don't know how to lead my family in this society. Try praying for wisdom. Try praying for God. Give you wisdom. And I want to close with this. Scripture text, 1 John 2, 27. After John says that you've been anointed and you know, he gives us the key to keeping the anointing that helps you know. He gives us the key to keeping the wisdom that helps us to know. Listen to what he says. He says, but the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. He says it's in you. It's on you. It's already there. But, but how do I keep it? How do I keep it? He says, I, I'll let you know. He says, and, and you need not that any man teach you. You don't need anybody to teach you. Can I tell, especially our young people, you don't need anybody to teach you anything. What you need to do is allow for God to begin to teach you what you need to know. Because if you begin to listen to the spirit of the Antichrist and the spirit of this age, he already told us what it's trying to do. It's trying to deceive. It's trying to destroy. It's trying to disrupt what God is already doing. But he says, you don't need any man to teach you. 
you've been anointed. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is the truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. That's just good old King James E's for this. You've been anointed. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to show you what you need to do. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to show you how to oper operate and navigate in this world. But if you want to keep the wisdom that I'm giving you, you got to stay with me. You got to abide in me. You got to be in the prayer room early when nobody else is there. You got to be praying and fasting when nobody else is praying and fasting. Because if you don't, you won't have the wisdom of the anointed. If you don't, you won't operate in the, in the spirit. If you don't, you won't have wisdom and understanding. But if you abide in me, I'm going to give you wisdom beyond anything that you could have on your own. I'm going to begin to show you things. I'm going to begin to open your mind. I'm going to begin to reveal things to you that you've never seen before. You're going to begin to operate in the wisdom of the anointed as long as you abide in me. Now that's the hard part. <laughs> when you abide in him, operating in the wisdom of the anointed is easy. It's like riding a bike. It's easy. The hard part is in a world filled with chaos and distraction, just simply being in the presence of the Lord. You know what I'm talking about? Life is so busy. It is so incredibly busy. I wake up in the morning sometimes, and I've already got ten things that i got to do. God is just saying, don't you go into this day without abiding in my presence for a little while. Because if you do... You think you got wisdom to know how to navigate this world? You don't. You think you got wisdom and understanding to know how to do this thing? You don't. And if you're not careful in your flesh, the spirit of the Antichrist will deceive you. I have never seen anybody that abides in him that's been deceived. Never. 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 But I have seen a bunch of people who act like they abide in him be deceived. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait.